you're listening to the you're, you're listening to the watchers a show where two women from opposite ends of new jersey watch movies and tv and listen to books and uh, listen to other podcasts and um most of which are not about new jersey a shocking and sad <laughs> but it's the end of the year it is it and is and we're podcast yeah. hosts yes i'm jody i'm andrea and we are following in a long-standing tradition of other podcasts where <laughs> we do a best of episode in the week between christmas and new year's so that we don't have to prep as much <laughs> and also just because it's kind of fun to look back on the year and see what we watched what we loved yeah. uh yeah, and make I, some recommendations. Yeah, and especially because uh, we're we are a show that focuses primarily on movies and TV, but we are a liker of things. And I think <laughs> what I do like about our show, it seems, is that we have um, we've gathered a lot in common with our listeners, which mm-hmm. I think is typical, obviously for podcasts, but maybe more so for ours. Um, yeah, and so I have a feeling that you know we don't often talk about what we're watching and consuming other than what we've covered for the week. And I think this might right. be fun. Um, and I would love to know what our um, listeners loved this year too. So hopefully yeah. this will start that and, conversation too. I mean, some people hate like lists, end of year lists. I personally love them because I'm such a, I feel like my head is in the sand half the time <laughs> throughout the year. And then at the end of the year, I'm like, okay, now I have a list of things that people I trust have recommended that I can kind of like dive into when I have downtime. Yeah. And it will get me through that, the weird in between of yeah. December, January, where my other podcasts that I listen to are all on break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've already started doing it. Like mm-hmm. I am, I am the person that needs this. Like I started, <laughs> uh, I listened to, we were saying this off mic before we started, but, um, one of the podcasts that I listen to regularly is good one with Jesse David Fox and they do a year end best 10 comedy specials. Um, and if you hadn't guessed by the fact that Andrea and I met through a stand up comedian, we're both <laughs> interested in in stand-up and watch a lot of comedy in general um and so there were a few on there that i'd been meaning to watch and hadn't yet mm-hmm. uh and so in my downtime while wrapping presents <laughs> the last couple days i caught up <laughs> on a couple that i will mention um that i enjoyed very much so i will say this isn't a top list we didn't put these in any order it's also not like a what's what's the word it's it's not like a like i think you're going to mostly cover movies in TV. I've got a bunch of other stuff. I've got some movies in TV, too, that I'll share. Yeah. Um, we both have podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. So this is like a more of like a grab bag of things to to check out, I guess. Yeah. If you're looking for things to check out. Yeah. Our full-time jobs are not to be cultural critics. Like, we're not claiming... <laughs> Endless knowledge of the landscape of entertainment. Exactly. We're, we're saying these are the things that we found that we loved. So yeah, let's start with TV. So the five that I like love and can't wait for to come back. We're not. We're going to leave Yellow Jackets out of this because right. this is like yeah. obvious. Um, this was the last season of Succession, mm-hmm. which I you haven't watched any of, right? No, no. <laughs> I'm going to stress people out with how little TV I watched this year. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I'll be, I made up for it. So this was the last season of Succession. 
it is an excellent show. It is a show that I looked forward to watching. It's not as emotional of a show as some of the other ones on my list. It's one of those that's like so well crafted, so well written, so well shot, like incredible mm-hmm. acting. Like it's just everything is top tier in right. that show. And they ended it with a really, really, really strong season. So um, I think that one thing I'm always looking for when we've got this like downtime before new stuff comes in is like, what's a show that I haven't seen that I've been meaning to watch that I could binge that's like going to keep me going for a while. And Succession is, I think, was four or five seasons total. For those who don't know, it's sort of a Murdoch family allegory of like, Mm -hmm. you know, the patriarch of the family and like, is he going to step down? Is he going to lose it? Is he going to die? All this stuff. And who's going to take over the company, which sounds like nothing I would ever want to watch, but (laughs) the acting is just incredible. Mm -hmm. This is going to be, I mean, they're just going to be standing, accepting awards for most of 2024. So highly recommend. So you might as well get on, you might as well, you might as well. I'm, I'm a fan of so many people on on that show. Um, yeah, Sarah Snook is great on it. I mean, I'm not saying anything anybody doesn't know. Succession is a very well-regarded <laughs> show. But it but is on my top five. And it for somebody who – the last thing that I really want to watch is rich people. Right, right. Like it's not in my DNA to like watch want to watch shows about rich people. I really liked it. It's also good to know like there's been a lot of – it seems like – really good tv lately and Mm -hmm. so if you're someone like me where it's like i i was just thinking as you were talking i was like i think my i don't make new year's resolutions so this isn't real but like uh, you know i think i'm gonna make it a point to watch (laughs) to watch more television this year Mm. and it's like where where do you start when there has been so much good stuff so to hear like a different take on a show from someone who, cause like succession, it is a show that I think I probably would love, um, but isn't something that would jump out to me yeah, right away. But then to hear from someone like you, who, like you said, it's not, it's not your typical thing either. No. Like that, that bumps it up my list for sure. But I think it, what it is, is like, I mean, there were parts during many parts during many of the early seasons where I was like, why am I watching this? These people are awful. Like, and I'm not, I don't. Purpose, yeah. And- like, I'm not a person. I didn't even. Hmm, I should, <laughs> I'm going to discredit myself by saying this. I was not. I liked Seinfeld fine. I am not a Seinfeld freak. Like right. I, I. It's, it's everybody sucks in that show, <laughs> and like everybody sucks in Succession too. But the writing is so fucking good that like as just somebody who appreciates the craft of television, mm-hmm. like it's just so so well done. And that said, that's still in my four or five if I'm making, like, a top five list for the year. So if we're going – I'm going to do, like, kind of quickly through the one through five. But so Succession would be in fourth or fifth. Also in fourth or fifth would be The Last of Us, which I have – evangelized to you about specifically episode it's three so funny knowing you as a person at this point like and i know that yellow jackets is the show that bonded us but i also yeah. know that that is also a kind of anomaly for you yes. but that you're the like that two of your top five are these two shows it says a lot about the shows i think i and i would not have put last of us there without the third episode i enjoyed the rest of it that's like, the I, like, um i must have <laughs> i must have scott Ackerman. What's oh. his fucking name? 
Um, Nick Offerman. So close. It is close. Maybe I'll leave that in. Yeah. Um, Nick Offerman and uh, Murray Bartlett. Yeah. As uh, Bill and Frank. I think it's Bill. And yeah, it's like, it's sort of a bottle episode and sort of not because it is connected to the rest of it. But um, I'm not a video game person. I was when I was a kid. I never got into like the more advanced video games that are out there now. But... And so of course, I had no idea what Last of Us was. Um, I just watched it because I was, like, looking for things to watch. There was, like, a dearth of content for a bit. Mm-hmm. But that third episode, I'm not, like, an openly, like, weepy person most of the time. I fucking sobbed in my apartment alone. Just, like, <laughs> it was so beautiful. I cannot, I mean, like... I feel like you could just watch that episode and it's like a little movie in and of itself. You don't actually need the full context. But I think that, I mean, Pedro, Pedro Pascal is just a delightful human and I, I feel like it's nice to support. And so is Bella Ramsey. And there's a lot of queer stuff in this. She's queer. Like, I, there's just a lot of cool stuff happening. I know this isn't um, maybe how the sh- how the people who make this show would prefer. But if you're someone like me who's on the fence about the show in general, mm-hmm. if I went in and watched that episode first and really loved it, mm-hmm. do you think then to go back and start at the beginning? Like, how would my experience be? This TV show is very bleak, right? It's like a fungus has taken over <laughs> the world. Everybody, mm-hmm. like, people are dead. Humans have, their worst instincts have come out. Like, there's just a lot of death and destruction, especially in the first couple of episodes. Um, and it's just, you're kind of in this, like, oh, my God, like, can I watch a whole series of all of this, like, horror? And then you get to Bill and Frank, <laughs> and it's that much more impactful because of what you've just watched. So I think there is something that it, it benefits from watching the first two episodes. Plot-wise, you don't actually have to. Um but I do think that getting through one and two and, like, getting a sense of what's going on in the world around them and then seeing how they how they lived and what, what's going on there. Yeah. I, I honestly – I mean, I already love Nick Offerman because he's just a delightful human. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I have never loved a person more than I love Nick Offerman after <laughs> I watched his performance in this. It was just so beautiful. I'm going to be so busy. You are. And I, I want to hear about all of it. Okay. So that's Last of Us. So top three. Only one of these I know you've seen. Um, I will say the other two I have repeatedly told you to watch. <laughs> Actually, I've repeatedly told you to watch all of these except maybe Succession. So the top, I would say the top two are kind of interchangeable. I love them about as much. Um, the one that's just just a hair below that is somebody <laughs> somewhere. Uh-huh. I know. Um, I know. Uh, That's like number one on my list to watch for sure. Oh my God. I mean, Bridget Everett, Jeff Hiller, Murray Hill. It's this like perfect combination of like sweet, but also kind of like real and harsh about life. Like the whole, the whole thing is her sister has died and she's moved back home. But the friendship between her and Jeff Hiller is so, so special in this. (laughs) Also, the episodes are only, I think they're only a half hour. You can, like, get through this pretty quick. I do like that. Yeah. They're not, they're not overly drawn out. There is music and singing 
and, uh, you know, queer joy and family relationships and some, some kind of, kind of rough parent mom stuff. Mm-hmm. Just a heads up <laughs> Thank you. for those of us that <laughs> Who need, need it. Heads up. Yep. Um, but it's not the focus. The focus is really the relationship between her and her sister and then the relationship between her and Jeff Hiller's character. It's just a really beautiful portrait of friendship. I do love a beautiful portrait of friendship. I'm you a real do. sucker for that big time. You do. You do I love am. a beautiful portrait of friendship. And Jeff Hiller, I, I I knew who he was just through the fact that he's like around comedy people. Yeah, and he's like a big improviser and Yeah, but oh my god, am I in love with him now as an mm-hmm. actor too. Like he's just so funny and delightful. And it's just nice to see someone like Bridget Everett lead a show. She's like body and over the top and uh a little messy in this and like it's just yeah, yeah. she's great. I, you and I were already fans of hers. Yes. Um prior to the show but um for listeners who aren't familiar with her they are familiar with her because we talked about her she's in um she's in patty cakes yes and yeah, she's, she's the mom in patty cakes fantastic in that yeah yeah and she's not doing a jersey accent in this one <laughs> um or trying to do a jersey yeah. accent she's from kansas and that's where this is based mm-hmm. i think it's not filmed in kansas but it's supposed to be like manhattan kansas right um, and it's about, you know, going home when you're in your 40s and mm-hmm. and what that's like and, you know, taking stock of your life kind of in the middle of it when you have had sort of a major tragedy and you've got to figure out what the fuck to do next. But yeah, the episodes are relatively short. There's also only 14 total episodes in oh, well, across two that. seasons. I could do that today. You could do that in, easily in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them directed by Jay Duplass, a couple by Lennon Parham, um, Robert Cohen. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't know Lennon Parham was involved with, with the show that way. She directed two episodes of it. The, That's cool. She's fantastic. Yeah. I think she's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of really cool people involved in it. <laughs> You've got work I'm, to do. I, I, yeah. I've got, I've got so much work to do. I know. I think you have one more before we get to ours. And I know that this is also one that I'm an idiot for not having watched yet. So, okay. So my shared number one, the one that you haven't seen is Reservation Dogs. Mm -hmm. I, when I finally finished the third and final season, it's not coming back. I wanted to just like scream to everyone I knew, like, please fucking watch this show. It's... The first season, it took me a while to get into. I watched the first couple episodes and I was like, okay, yeah, this is interesting, sweet. It's a wildly different way of storytelling and a different right. perspective than I'm used to. I mean, it's from a native lens. It's produced by Sterling Harjo and Taika Waititi. And it's just it's just a different type of story mm-hmm. than I am used to. And it took me a while to kind of get into the groove of it. And then once I did and stopped having like my typical TV expectations of what a story was going to be week to week, Mm -hmm. you kind of fall into it and you're just like along for the ride. It's so fucking like hilarious and like, it's really funny. Like I think some people think about a story about four kids growing up on a reservation after after the death of one of their friends like the the logline for it is not a cheerful story 
Mm-hmm. It is so funny. And the the cast, a lot of these kids were not known quantities before this. And they're yeah. just the um, the person who plays Willie Jack, uh, Paulina Alexis. Willie Jack is absolutely my favorite character. I, I just can't, I cannot recommend it enough. It's, it's the reason I say it's a hard, it's a harder, it was harder for me to get into at first was because it's not linear storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. In a way it is. The first season feels much more linear in that it's like the story of this group of four kids, their friend has died. It's how they're coping with that. Um, he always wanted to go to Los Angeles. The question is like, are they going to go to Los Angeles to honor their friend? But the real story is like literally everything else. That's sort of the, the way they structured it to start with, but that's really not the point. The third season, like they, a lot of people were like, thought should have ended at the second season because they kind of tied up a bunch of stuff. But then the third season, because they had tied up a bunch of stuff, gave them a chance to just really play. And they did some flashback episodes to, like, the Native Schools era. Like, they just did so much important stuff. Oh, my God. It's so great. I have I have two shows. I have that um, that I watched and really liked this year before we get to the one that we both have as our number okay. one that I think much of the world has as their <laughs> yeah. number one and as well. Do you want I me to... I think, honestly, Reservation Dogs might might edge out this one a uh-huh. tiny bit, but this is like but, 1A. Right. Okay. Good to know. Do you want to hear my two... Um, the, the first one is, and I, I talked about it last week a little bit, and I know I am... I am maybe I have more of an open heart for this than other people who care about this um uh this I don't even know what to call it this brand this friend I don't know um is the the new muppet show muppet's mayhem um, Oh yeah it's obvious it's obviously different it is you know it's it's disney so there's that it's um modern and trying to be in a way that like other muppets products aren't um like one of the main characters on the show one of the humans on the show is like a a tiktok influencer so there's a little bit of that but the dr teeth and the electric mayhem in the center of it so it's about dr teeth and the electric mayhem um and a young woman who's like starting work at a record label and she realizes that they still owe the label a uh an album on their contract that they just never fulfilled way back in the seventies or the sixties. whatever. <laughs> um, and so she meets up with them and they have a little like group of people that they hang around with. Um, uh, the mayhem have like a groupie who wants to be a music producer and they all, you know, um, kind of link up and it's about her trying to get them to produce this album. And there's like, there's stuff that feels very old school Muppet show to me where like there's a, a, a cast of celebrities who show up for an episode yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, but at the center of it is uh, Dr. Teeth and the Dr. Electric Teeth. Mayhem, and they feel really authentic to me. Yeah. So if you can be okay with the fact that it's 2023, and of course the show isn't going to feel like the old Muppet show, yeah. like if you can be okay with that, I think it's really sweet. I think if you're someone who has kids, it's mm. probably a good introduction to the Muppets. Um, yeah, because it will probably feel more relevant to them in a way that I didn't need it to be. <laughs> like, right. Um, right. And 
I was just really excited to see those those characters at the center of it. They've always been my favorite. Um, yeah. Like one of my favorite things about the Muppets is, is Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. So um, I was happy yeah. to have a few episodes and it's only one season. Um, and the music is great. The music is really great. That's awesome. I mean, they cover. Okay. Um, so there's like some original music and, and some covers, obviously, because it's, they've always, that's always how Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem have been. Um, but um, Linda Perry, wrote some oh. of the original music for it yeah and then um mick giacchino who is michael giacchino who if you he's like a huge music composer he did the music for lost um he worked oh. on ratatouille and up um, oh nice yeah and mick is his son and apparently they worked on uh mick composed the music and and michael produced the original score for it so it's oh, got nice yeah fantastic fantastic music at the very least it's i think it's worth checking out just for that and they do like there's like a cover of true colors that makes me weep it's you know it's it's very sweet sometimes i wonder if like a good amount of the resistance to things like muppets mayhem is literally that we're not used to seeing the muppets in the quality of 2023 totally like when we watched Emmett Otter last week, I was reminded of, like, not just the fact that, like, it's kind of old technology, right? Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of it is, all of it is practical. But also just the quality of the video is so poor compared to what we're used to that the idea of seeing something from my childhood recreated in, like, 4K, I'm like, I don't know if I want to see it in 4K. Like, if they did Muppets (laughs) Mayhem, but they filmed it on, like, a VHS, Mm -hmm. right? Would we be less resistant to it? You know, yeah, I, 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 for me, I think that's part of it. For me, yeah. I definitely think that's part of it. She also say like Dave Golds is still involved with it. Um, Matt Vogel, who's been with the show or with the show, he's been with the Muppets for um for quite some time now. Like it's not all new people; it is yeah. quite a few. So if you can get past all of that, like you said, the quality of seeing them just looking just nice and crisp on screen—that's the thing. It's like you you don't want to see a muppet in 4k right in, in a way yeah but so i will also, say if you can get past all of that i think it's 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 really sweet i think it's worth a watch i think you can tell the people working on the show like do you actually care about it and wanted it to be good and it wasn't yeah. just muppets aren't really a cash grab it's not like kids these days are clamoring yeah, yeah right like so yeah it used to be you threw the muppets label on anything and it was a guaranteed hit mm-hmm, now right? it's like not quite yeah and so it kind of bums me out that folks like me who really love i mean i cried last week i could cry again yeah. right now like who really <laughs> love the muppets were resistant to this just you know mostly because it is current i think that's yeah. um i i thought it was really sweet for me, unfortunately, I think the Muppets are kind of that, like, preserved in amber I get, part I get of my that. Yeah. childhood. It's hard to break that. But I also love that they're still pro- trying to produce new content with, like, some people are like, don't touch it. And I get that, too. But I also think that, like, there was so much good there mm-hmm. that, like, why not try? Yeah. Like, you've got such a great place to start from. I mean, fucking Dr. Teeth, like... I mean, I don't know. If I was involved in, like, if I worked for the Henson Company, I would be, like, 
constantly wanting to see more of <laughs> exactly. like what's going on with Dr. Teeth. How's yeah. Janice doing? Like exactly. what's, what's animal up to these days? Like, you know, yeah. How would I, you not want to know? Exactly. And, and I, yeah, I think like, I, yeah, I don't know. I think if, again, if you are somebody who's been resistant for that reason, um, yeah. I think it's worth checking out and seeing how you feel about it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad that it is like, cause if I'm going to trust someone's opinion on whether a new Muppet thing is worth it, mm-hmm. you're probably the person <laughs> I would trust. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not going to be your next, it's not going to be like, you know, finally another Muppet movie. It's not, it's not right. that, but I, yeah. I do think it's, but I like the if fact you're that hankering, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that it's focused on on Dr. Teeth and the Electric mm-hmm. Mayhem, though. I think that that's a – I think if you're going to do – if you're going to revisit classic childhood IP like that, you have to find an angle and a take and a, yeah. a detail to pull on mm-hmm. that hasn't been done to death, you know? Exactly. But, yeah, I think that Dr. Teeth was sort of an unexplored part of the mm-hmm. Muppets. Totally. You know, they were always just like a really cool, like, side part of whatever was happening. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. So I am, I'm, I'm happy to have some more of them. Dr. Teeth, come on Andrew's podcast. <laughs> God, truly, again, only band on my vision board. Yeah. Someday. Yep. Someday. Now, did you have another one before I have, we both have? I have one more. And it's, okay. it technically, it aired across the end of 2022 into 2023. That's fair. Um, so I'm, I'm counting it because I think season three aired yeah november 11th 2022 and it finished up january 6th 2023 so Uh, probably missed yeah i think so um it's are you familiar with mythic quest no it's rob mcelhenny's show um rob uh mcelhenny of always sunny and oh yeah he and um and charlie day is one of the executive producers and there are a bunch of other people involved and it Despite a lot of what I'm going to talk about on this episode, I'm not a huge video game person, really. I usually get into, like, one or two games a year that I will be obsessed with. Mm-hmm. I'm also really not into, like, um, MMOs, like those big, mm-hmm. you know, massive multiplayer online games. But I'm, I'm prefacing with that because there, there are two things I'm going to talk about this episode that are deeply invested in that. And one of them is Mythic Quest. And Mythic Quest is um it's an Apple TV show, so you've mm. it's the only way you can watch it. But um it's Rob McElhenney plays um the lead of a game d- like design studio. They um run the like biggest MMO that um that exists and it's just about the people at this game studio but it's really sweet it's like weirdly he he plays like a pompous idiot in a lot of ways but um it is weirdly sweet for the way i just described it it's about Mm. these people kind of like learning to you know live and work together and and they're all very different Hmm. um and danny pudi is in it and yeah and um um, Sorry, Aparna Nancherla is in it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I love Aparna Nancherla. Yeah. Um, there and then there there are a bunch of uh, like cameos cast. that I won't. The cast is fantastic. There are also people like Ashley Birch, who, if you are uh, a video game person, you would know her as um, she's a Hey Ash, what you playing? Which was a YouTube series with her and Anthony Birch, who's a um, 
this is such a side note, but he's a video game writer and he's the GM for one of my favorite D&D podcasts. Um, again, I'm not somebody who plays a ton of video games and I don't play D&D, but the biggest... This is the like, wildest fact about you that the I biggest have genre in the last two years. of art I consume is D&D actual play podcasts. This I'm obsessed. This is the wildest part. It's of improv. Your personality. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's improv and like, and taking time to really develop characters and stories. Like, yeah. I'm obs- I'm obsessed with them. No, I get it. It's just when you first told me, oh, I don't play D&D. I just listen to a lot of <laughs> D&D podcasts. I think that's true it's for like, a lot of people. I bet it is. It's um, just not, not something that I had ever uh, thought was a thing. But yeah, I believe it. They're, they're, some of them are incredible. Maybe I'm going to recommend one um, later in this episode. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, um, I will say I do love improv. Like I and it's it's just great. It's like improvisers, especially the ones I'm picky. There are a ton of actual yeah. play podcasts. Maybe I will recommend. I only had one on in mind because it's new this year. But I, it's such a fun. Uh, like i don't know if medium is exactly like genre for people yeah. to play in and they're all of the shows that i love started out very silly and have and still are it's the other thing i love is they're because of the format they are allowed to be very silly and also sometimes i cry like a baby <laughs> like and it's that's my my favorite mix of of yeah. things is yeah. emotional whiplash mm-hmm. um but uh, but Mythic Quest is just very sweet. It's very fun. Uh, they have an incredible special that they um, made over quarantine under lockdown hmm. that is so good and made me – I didn't – I watched all of season one and two right before season three. Um, but I um, – so I didn't actually watch the special air during lockdown. Yeah. But it's it's something that, like, I watched and it didn't make me feel bad in hindsight. Like, mm-hmm. I think it would have been really comforting – to watch it in, in 20 yeah yeah um and it's just really it's like it it for a show that has the potential to just be kind of silly and also kind of mean to its characters because some of them are just really like i'm trying to think of what to compare it to and i don't i don't really know exactly what but it's not always sunny so if that's mm. a show that is too mean and too mm. like um uh, ungenerous to its characters for you. Yeah. Mythic Quest is not that. It's really sweet. It's really well made. There, there's also an episode that is a standalone episode um, with uh, Jersey South Jersey hometown girl Krista Milioti and um, uh, Jake Johnson. Hmm. That is so so good. It's I like it's so good. I might actually check this out. Like um, I, when you first suggested that, like just the name to me, I'm like nah. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly that's what i mean it's me yeah. too my my housemate kitsy um who also isn't a big video game person um i think they checked it out first because of rob McElhenney's involvement um involvement it's his show uh yeah. but it's 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 really fantastic i love it it's still it's renewed for fourth season i don't know when we'll get that obviously yeah. um I will say that if things are on Apple TV, they tend to disappear from my radar because it is the one service that I, well, it's not the only one I don't have, but it is the one that I don't have that most often people will suggest something from. Right. But I, I did pay for it for a while when Severance was on and I watched all of Severance and then once Did you watch Dickinson? No. The Emily Dickinson show? That was something that was suggested to me though. Yeah. It might be worth it to... 
pay for like it and just yeah. like spend a week binging the couple because that's the thing too uh mythic quest is three seasons but i think they're all like eight to ten episodes they're not yeah. they're not you know well that's sort of the landscape now it's like okay this service i've got to wait until it has enough on it yeah because i can't pay monthly for, for 12 different services every month right. it's insane and so I've got to wait until there's enough on Apple TV that I'm like, okay, I'll pay for it for a month or two. Yeah. Get I think there's a stuff. bunch on there right now that's probably worth. Well, there was uh, so when I was looking for something the other day, I know that Silo is on there and you'd mentioned that one before. Yeah, I wouldn't pay for Apple TV just for Silo, but no. that is I you know, in hindsight, I I thought about putting that on my list honestly just because I didn't watch that much this year and i felt like maybe i needed Mm -hmm. a little more um i think i said that acting on that show is pretty bizarre um and the tone of the show is a little confused i think but the mood is really cool the premise is really cool i think it's worth checking out if you already have apple tv yeah but i loved um i loved dickinson and um and i loved mythic quest so nice are we at the Yeah, those the are my one? those are my two. Again, I didn't watch a ton of TV this year. Yeah, I I did enough for both of us. But uh yeah, I would say number 1, number 1A, number top of the list. Mhm. The bear. The bear. It's so good. Oh my god. Season and it's 2. Like, I mean like season 1 is great, but my god, season 2. Well, it's like it's not uh, it's not that easy to do a second season after like a killer first season mm-hmm. that actually improves on it. It's just mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And it is better than the first season. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. And if you're one of those people who is a little bit like me and it's like, I I think I get it. Like I've heard enough people talk about it and yeah. like, I know everybody loves it. And actually, if you're listening to this, you probably have maybe already watched it. But if for some reason, for any reason, you're resistant. Fucking do it. Oh, my God. Do it. Do it's it. Just, it's just... I love a I ragtag group of misfits. I know. I know. And, like, the cast is just so great. I listened to... Um, it wasn't the Prestige TV podcast. So I listen to a lot of podcasts on the Ringer Network. Um, and it's The Watch with uh, Andy Greenwald and Chris Ryan. Is that the um, one we, we talked about? Yeah, I've mentioned early them on a little I've, bit. Yeah, I've mentioned them, and I've mentioned the Prestige TV podcast with mm-hmm. um, Mallory Rubin, and mm-hmm. I think it's like a rotating cast. But um, the Watch—I don't agree with them all the time about their picks, but um, it's interesting to hear because they do—they do recommend stuff that I wouldn't normally seek out, and then sometimes I end up really loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, all that to say, they just did an episode end of year episode where they picked their they do the thing where they do their top 10 shows right. of the year but then they also gave out like a special episode of the year award mm-hmm. and it was uh forks forks of course yeah Ugh. and so they had the creator on um oh cool christopher store and they also had um even uh moss backrack oh, to talk cool, about cool. filming that episode and so a little side recommendation that episode of the watch if you watched the bear and you loved it as much as we did that's a great episode where you really hear sort of the love between the creator Uh and the actor and like he talked about how lonely it was to film that episode because 
they're oh. such a like tight community and they yeah. like love working together but he was by himself for a lot of that mm-hmm. in this restaurant oh yeah that's such a good point Jody just said something that I just said we're going to cut, but there is a moment in that episode that is like, I, it's every emotion. It's, it's yeah. like, it's like the definition of catharsis. Like yeah. you just, yeah. that episode is just. Mm. And to hear them talk about it and how they approached it and how they approached it um, as the episode following the previous episode. Yeah. Which to a lot of people was the peak of the season. And then they mm-hmm. followed it up with this much quieter. Yeah. Those, that, the two of them together. That pairing is is so like that is every emotion that takes mm-hmm. you through all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, this show, I know there's been there's like a lot of conversation about the fact that you know shows release a whole season at a time, and that's something that people our age or it's still a little new to us, right? Yeah. And the ability to binge something the second it comes out, but the experience of watching. Of the way those episodes built on each other. Yeah. I love the bear. I love the bear so much. It's just really ambitious, but in a way that like feels really confident, which isn't always the case. Yeah. That's, I think that's what it is. It's like, there's lots of shows out there that are really experimental and trying things. And often that's rewarding, but there's a dud in there somewhere Mm -hmm. or there's a moment when it doesn't work. And I feel like the bear doesn't have that. No. Like there aren't episodes where I'm like, oh, they really tried that. That's really cool that they went for it, but Mm -hmm. not quite. No, they all work. Yep. They all fucking work. It's really astounding. That show is just, it's, it's pretty perfect. People that haven't watched it and are like, I don't know if I really care enough about this character that Jeremy Allen White seems to be playing, this like tough guy chef to watch a whole two seasons. It's not about him. It's it's one of those shows. And also tough guy chef. Him, but it's not, like you I will know. fall you'll I'm so sorry to tell you, you will fall in love with him. Sorry. Of course. Sorry you will. But it but it is it's a but the surrounding group. cast is incredible. I it's another uh, one of those shows. Yeah. Everyone is lovely. Yeah. Um, even um, Moss Backrack is the <laughs> person that I hated the most in the first season because he's the character that would like rub me the wrong way the most and right. the one that I loved the most at the end. Uh-huh. Richie. He's – they're all – and it's and it's also like – you know how some shows will do a thing? Like Richie's a really good example where – he's a good example of – what am I trying to say? There will be a show where there will be a character at the beginning who is irredeemable and mm-hmm. then five seasons in, he's your favorite character. And you're like, yep. oh, but he was so awful at first. Richie isn't that. Richie is like the the show. This is what I mean about it being confident is like Richie is a pain in the ass, but he's not like there's no villain in this show. Right. He's he's the biggest pain in the ass in the show for sure. Yeah. But they just all feel I think that's what it is. Like they all feel so real. So nobody is like nobody is one thing. It is really about like, can people change? Mm hmm. That's totally. like the whole thesis of the show is like people trying to be something different than they were before, mm-hmm. but it's, like not in a negative way. It's just so beautiful. I love it. I love and it. it. And it's very Chicago, which means it feels very like Jersey it, adjacent. It, it just, it just feels good. I, it's Got like, those vibes. I think there are people who, especially season one, they're like, there's a lot of yelling in the show and that might be stressful for you unless you're used to hearing that as a kind of love language. 
much, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. There's just a lot of loud Unless people. you've ever been to a bagel shop in New Jersey. Exactly. It is very stressful at times, too. Though. Yeah. There t- it is sometimes hard to watch because it is so stressful. Um, yeah. But that makes it really fun, too. And that makes those quiet moments you're talking about so rewarding. Absolutely. I think we talked about the bear for too long. I think so, too. But we'll, <laughs> we'll move on. It's okay. We have almost nothing for movies. Perfect. Um, as a podcast that has covered movies for the longest time now. <laughs> Wasn't the plan. I don't watch a lot of movies. I hate to tell you. I usually do. I just didn't. I was too busy. I was too busy watching our movies. Um, yeah. This year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at. And the, the strike like, made it hard because I yeah. didn't know what was even happening. So I have like one I loved. One I fully enjoyed, and then one that I found really confusing that was, like, on a lot of top ten lists, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, the only movie I saw this year in theaters that I would recommend, and again, I, I'm really, like, uh, revealing an area of my life that we don't often talk about, was the new the Dungeons & Dragons Honor <laughs> Among Thieves. It was – it doesn't matter if you don't understand – it. it is – it is a movie for people who love Dungeons and Dragons and it is a movie for people who just love big fun movies because mm-hmm. it is not it does not get in the weeds but it is so aware of um the game that that created it like there are things where um a plan will go terribly awry and it feels like you are watching a movie that was is being played at a table like Hmm. There are moments where, like, a plan that should have worked just fine goes terribly awry, and it's because if you're somebody who plays a game or listens to many podcasts about the game, you know that somebody had a really terrible role at the table, yeah. right? Um, but but they're, ne- they're never really used – like, you can so watch – like, my, my housemate and I saw it together, and they don't – they're not as invested in D&D products as I am, um, and and they had a great time. It's just a big – it feels like – it felt, you know, they don't they don't make them like this anymore. Like it felt like it felt to me like sort of like an Indiana Jones or mm. um, any of those like yeah. big action spectacles that were really funny and we really only get versions of those anymore. I feel like with Marvel movies, and I'm so exhausted right. by with the. Marvel by the Marvel universe. So this yeah. just felt like fresh and different and fun. And there are so many fun little cameos in it. And, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. That's a category of movie that's kind of been taken over by uh, the superhero complex. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, like giant fun action movie with like some silliness and some big set pieces. And Yeah. And I think Marvel is just, I, again, it like, it's so, um, I'm just so bored yeah buy it but it is a genre that i have always loved and it felt really good to have like i would watch i I hope they do one a year (laughs) like i know they won't but i would happily watch one a year until i got exhausted by it the way that i'm exhausted by marvel yeah um it was just just really fun and looked really cool and uh, yeah and it's another ragtag group of misfits which is what's so good about D&D. like every adventure party is a ragtag group of misfits so um yeah yeah, I, i really loved that movie i had a great time with it check it out the only one that I saw in the theater this year was Barbie. And I don't think we need to elaborate on Barbie. It's been it's been elaborated <laughs> on enough by lots of people. I just quick opinion. I really enjoyed myself. I didn't mm-hmm. find it um 
I wasn't bothered by it in the way a lot of people were. And I also wasn't rapturous about it. What I loved the most about it was the way it looked, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It was just, if that doesn't, if that movie does not win, like set design, costume design, I know it's up for a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It was such an interestingly created world with so many practical effects. That's the thing that was so amazing to me. It was not... CGI. Mm-hmm. It was built sets with people moving wave like cutouts and things, <laughs> and but it looks so good. That's really cool. I think I... if you're a person that cares about aesthetics in movies, I would go and watch like some of the behind the scenes stuff about how they did some of those effects. That, as a visual person, that was the thing that I enjoyed the most about it. Like I, within five minutes of sitting in the theater, I was like, I feel like I'm in an acid trip, and like I'm happy about it. <laughs> You have made me, just with this little review here, more interested in watching the movie than I have been this whole time. I think it's, it seems to be, as someone who hasn't seen the movie, um, reactions are either from people who are already so aware of and, like, immersed in conversations around, like, feminism in particular, that it feels kind of, this movie feels kind of, like, hand-holdy and Mm -hmm. eye-rolly to them, or for people who are not so much who are who it was more of like like a learning experience and are really in love with that version of it and i think those two parties have been at odds over this movie um oh yeah and so to hear from someone kind of in the middle who's like i like i don't know it yeah because it was handholdy around the feminist stuff and like I think that's fine. I don't. Yeah. I don't care. You know. No. I don't. I, think I don't they're... go to Barbie for my like high <laughs> exactly you know, intellectual feminist takes. Mm-hmm. But visually, the experience was so cool. Right. So cool, and it won't be the same on a smaller screen. But it's still worth seeing that. Like, just the way that Greta Gerwig built that world mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, yeah, the first the first five ten minutes, I looked turned to my friend that I was sitting with, and I was like, I, I feel like I'm on acid, like, <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. That's very Just cool. Not my experience with acid. <laughs> <laughs> it's the good kind. Yeah, yeah, doing acid in like Barbie Land. <laughs> so I have one more movie mm-hmm. that is the one I loved. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of people are uh, putting this on their lists now for the the movies of the year. Um. Most of those movies of the year I haven't seen. Um, the one I have seen and I can vouch for is Past Lives. Have you encountered this? I don't think so. Okay. Greta Lee from Russian Doll, Sweet Birthday Baby. Um, she is the lead in this. It's by Celine Song, her first directorial um, debut. It is so beautiful and so quiet and so thoughtful. Um, I'll just give you a quick little, oh, this is too long of a recap of the plot, but basically it's about um, these two classmates, um, 12 years old. They kind of have like a little childhood romance. And then Greta Lee's character moves across um, the world from Korea. They're both, um, they grew up in Korea. She moves across the world to Canada and then to New York. And it's about this idea of like the the connection not the one that got away that's way too easy of a way to put it but like the connection that you have that you've always wondered about um mm-hmm. with someone from earlier in your life 
And so these two people, they reconnect when they're adults. And it is so, so beautiful. I saw it in uh, the basement of the artist residency I was at in Nebraska (laughs) with a bunch of other artists. And we were all in love with it. It's also really beautiful. I just realized that it was actually shot on 35 millimeter film. And that is probably why it is stunning. Um, It has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, which uh, we've talked about how Rotten Tomatoes is... uh, possibly bullshit but mm-hmm. um it's deserved it's up for a million awards for like oscar season and golden globes and everything um and it's i think well deserved yeah that sounds lovely um i'll also just quickly mention may december which i watched which is the natalie portman um julianne moore tatines movie the mary kayla turner like, story yeah, it's I think technically it's not, but it's like very uh closely it's loosely connect. based or it's inspired based. by. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um it's also on a lot of year-end lists and I found this movie confusing. <laughs> its tone is wildly all over the place. It's really melodramatic. Did it's we talk like, on mic last week I, about how it keeps getting the camp label applied to it? I don't know if that was on mic or not, but yeah, we did. We mentioned that. And it, I don't think camp is the right label for it. I think melodrama. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't not like it. I just found myself like, huh, after I watched it. Did that feel like that was what it was going for? <laughs> no, actually. No. I feel like what it was going for was like... It feels very um, sincere in its attempt to talk about these complicated relationships just through this very melodramatic framework. But I don't know. The guy that played, um, I want to say Charles Melton, the, the guy that played the husband that was like a child when they got together um, is up for awards this season for a supporting actor. He was great. Um, I will say he was in Riverdale. That's where people know him from, which I never watched. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's really good. Um, I don't know how you play a character who, um, like (laughs) his role on in May, December Mm -hmm. is, a man who has two children with this woman who he got together with when he was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. She gave birth to his children in prison, like, and they are still together living in this house. And he is a father, but he's like in his late twenties. Like, it's just, he's a father. Like these kids are going away to college soon. It's just, I don't know how you access like what it would be like to be that person. Right. But he's really good in it. I don't know. I can't say I like, highly recommend it but it's interesting that's a kind of recommendation yeah it's just it's just, like it gave me something to think about don't come for jody if you didn't if you don't have a great time watching it because it sounds like jody's not saying you're gonna no you might you might depends yeah, some on... people it seems like are really loving it so yeah it's gotten a lot of really good feedback and i that's it that's why i watched it and it was definitely mm-hmm. interesting but i don't know i don't know man okay should we move on to our other categories? Yeah. Okay. 
Tell me about books. <laughs> this is... I don't read. No, I do. But I, um, I, despite the last couple of years, I used to read so, so, so much that it would be annoying um, to listen to me right now. But this year, um, I really only have, I have two books I'm going to suggest. I know that this episode, I am styling myself as a weird, like, video game obsessive. I'm really not. But the two books I'm going to recommend are both deeply invested in video games. <laughs> um, hmm. It just, this is just how it shook out this year. Um, yeah. And so the first one is one that a lot of people have been talking about. It's made a lot of lists, whether you're a video game person or not. And it's tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Oh, visual aid. Yeah. Yep. It's the oh, book, there it is. It's the book I picked cool up at, at Target this week um, yeah. for the Poconos because I forgot to bring any books with me. And if you're at a lake house, you've got to have a book with you. You do. Yeah. Um, and it's it's Gabrielle Zevin's um, uh most recent book and it is about two people who um, bonded over video games in the like early 90s as children mm. and it is just I'm not going to say too much um, but it's about them um, kind of how that propelled both of their lives into young adulthood um, mm. and how they reconnect and then about them <laughs> Like Mythic Quest kind of building a successful uh, game design um, studio. But it's also just a story about like love and friendship and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's, <laughs> this is just it's that's really the setting for it. Um, yeah. And it's really gorgeously written more than anything. Like I, I think if if you have seen people talk about this and you're like, I don't really care about video games, so I'm not going to check it out. Um, I, check it. Check it out. I think it's really great. I uh, It's. I like sat down to read a couple of pages and, you know, then an hour had flown by. It's one of those for me. So what's the second one? Yeah. No, the second one is called critical hits writers playing video games. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened this year. Um, it is, it's so good. It's so good. It's a collection of um, essays and it is edited by J. Robert Lennon and Carmen Maria Machado, who is, Oh. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's incredible. Yeah. I love her. I love everything she does. She's fantastic. And she um, she and J. Robert Lennon put together this collection of essays that are technically, a, I guess, sort of about video games. Um, but it it's so much more about using that, using a game, typically each essay, um, as as a like framework and or lens to write through some other issue um carmen maria machado writes in her in the introduction um it's so much of it has to do with being a queer woman of course um and how um what you can learn what your kind of like gaming style can tell you about your queer identity and what your queer identity, mm. how that can, it's really fun. Um, Hanif Abdurraki, I mean, I who her. is, she's amazing. She's, if you've yeah. never read anything of hers, go read everything. Uh, yeah. Her Body and Other Parties in the Dream House is an incredible, They're both really, really cool memoir. She's, she's just, she's unbelievable. I can't say enough good things about her. Um, and then, um, the essay that made me seek out the book in general, though, is um, Hanif Abdurraqib, who is my favorite. He's my. <laughs> That's how you found it. <laughs> yeah, he's my he's my favorite writer. He's like he's maybe my favorite person. Like, um, I just think everything he does is incredible. 
and he um he has an essay about um uh red dead redemption 2 which is a game i've never played i know very little about yeah um but it's because it's city from dirty but it's actually about grief and loss and longing and love and he's uh, it's it's so beautiful i wept everything he does i weep um he's got a new book coming out That's in March awesome. next year that i'm really 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 excited um for he's another one who if you've never read hanif he's a he is he's a he's an incredibly talented poet his poems are unbelievable like knock you on your ass poems but he's also a culture writer and an essayist and um a lot of what he does is like kind of like creative nonfiction sort of memoir he's like always writing through mm-hmm. some personal he is almost always writing through some personal um concern that has like uh that that speaks to a more like universal issue at the same time through some uh piece of like uh pop culture that's like his yeah. sweet spot it's not the only thing he does because he can I, I know i'm like being a full hanif of keeps simp right now but he can do anything um yeah and then also, if you follow him on Instagram, you get to see incredible, um, lovely pictures of his dog, Wendy, who is also a big Bruce Springsteen fan. Um, and I nice. found him because he um, early on used to write about Fallout Boy a lot. And in his oh my book, God. in his book, of they course. Can't, <laughs> in his book, they can't kill us until they kill us, which is a collection of um, essays he wrote a few years back. He's done a few books in between. Um, he has just again the most incredible essay about grief and loss told through his relationship um as a fan of fallout boy and through fallout boy's career up until that point that is again like i said about all the video game stuff even if you do not care about fallout boy it is i used to teach it i used to use that one and Mm -hmm. um and I say he wrote about my chemical romance uh shout out jersey band (laughs) um that's our jersey connection this week Mm -hmm. um I used to teach them in my comp classes and my students had no reference for any fallout boy or really my chemical romance. And they always loved those essays. He's, he's unreal. Yeah. I have one book. Can I recommend a book I haven't read, read yet? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You can. <laughs> I love that. The only reason I haven't read it yet. <laughs> it's a speculative recommendation. Yeah. I've been saved. Well, it's a pretty, I'm pretty confident about my recommendation. It's a book I haven't read yet because I've been saving it for this week. Okay. And it is, no no surprise here, uh, Jesse David Fox's comedy book, How Comedy oh, Culture and the Magic yeah. That Makes It Work. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm confident about this is because I have been listening to Jesse David Fox's podcast for a long time, good one, and I have heard him interviewed about this book and the way it's structured mm-hmm. and the references he's pulling in. He literally mentioned john berger who like i i yeah he's yeah he's so thoughtful about the thing thing he cares about in a way that i think yes yeah it is my favorite thing which is somebody being super nerdy about the thing they love the most Mm -hmm. but also pulling in historical research and citing (laughs) and citing you know theory and philosophy and also bringing in personal story You know, there's a whole section on Maria Bamford and how um, he connected with her um, stories about losing her mother Mm -hmm. because he lost a family member recently. And um, so I have not read this book, 
It is it's, on it's my iPad fantastic. waiting for me to take it to, yes, it's waiting for me to take it to the um, lake with me. But I did hear him read an excerpt from it also when it first came out. And it is in his voice, which if you have ever listened to Good One, is this very like kind of dry, sensitive, silly, mm-hmm. but also really thoughtful voice. Mm-hmm. So if you if you care about stand-up comedy at all, um, I feel like it's something that would be really interesting to get into. Yeah. And if you care about stand-up comedy at all and aren't listening to Good One, um, I'm going to yeah. throw that in as a little side recommendation. It's It's so good. It's also how I've discovered a lot of the because, like, you know, if you're looking for comedy specials to watch, there's the big names that everybody knows, but then there's also sort of random ones that you wouldn't have found otherwise. Mm-hmm. That he either did an interview with the person, or it ended up on his top ten list, and mm-hmm. that I would never have looked for otherwise. Totally, and ended up really enjoying. Yeah. So yeah, that's also a recommendation from me for a book I also haven't read. So we Perfect. can we'll we'll double co-sign that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's all we got for books. Mm-hmm. I used Not to be an English more. teacher. <laughs> like, isn't that bad? I mean, I spent my entire childhood curled up with a book. Like, mm-hmm. I am a book nerd, and I have not read a lot of books for pleasure in the last couple of years. So before, I think we'll end with, we said comedy specials and podcasts. The two things I do consume constantly, I am always either listening to a podcast or listening to music. I do not, or I'm editing a podcast or recording a (laughs) podcast, but I am never in silence ever. It's probably an issue, Um, but I just want to recommend there's a lot of really great music out this year. Um, Shout out to my other podcast, Left of the Dial. We have a huge countdown um, 2023 countdown coming out this week um so check that out if you are looking for new music especially stuff that uh isn't covered on like pitchfork (laughs) Um, yeah uh but i have i'm gonna recommend three very quickly for ones Mm -hmm. that i think like are in a kind of conversation with our podcast enough that that i want to highlight them here one is um uh warriors warriors is uh I call them a Jersey band. I think they got together in Brooklyn. Um, Lauren, who is the front person of that band, um, certainly doesn't live in Jersey and has not for a long time. But I think of them as a Jersey band because, you know, once a Jersey band, always a Jersey yeah. band. Um, Warriors is they're, Warriors is an incredible band. I have loved everything that Lauren has put out. Um, but Trust Your Gut was released in September. And it's... Fan, it's just fantastic. It's a great album. It's um, uh, Warriors is just a really good like, kind of like rock <laughs> pop. Yeah, I was rock gonna say band. for someone that's not familiar, where would you place it in the sort of styles? I know it's a broad question and hard to classify, but like loosely, they're just, yeah, I, they're like a pop rock band. They're like an indie pop rock band. I don't know. Okay. Kind of punk adjacent. Mm -hmm. I I think that's one of the things about um, Warriors is they are really unique. Um, Lauren Danitzo is just like a a really unique, thoughtful writer and producer. Um, The thing that I um, 
really the thing that always sticks out to me for warriors and i I talked about it a lot on left of the dial is lauren's attention to how a song can and should build and to dynamics and kind of how we were talking about um stand-up specials of being like really and tv sequencing really like leaning into when a quiet moment should be a quiet Mm -hmm. moment and and the way a song should build it's just always really interesting and then also just catchy as hell warriors rules um nice and trust your gut rules i'll you know what i'll drop in a few seconds of it so that yeah that would be that's smart yeah that'll that'll uh, narrow down the style for you so much for stardust i'm so sorry i like it it's so good it's you so good be you if you didn't throw fallout boy in and even if you think you know you think you know but you have no idea about that band ignore like i know that this is the I, most I, energy you've had this entire podcast i because because just because everybody shut up i hate shut up shut <laughs> up is so mean it really upsets me and i just said it that's how you know i mean it um that that album is huge and cinematic and beautiful and it is in on one hand a sort of return to form of their like playing instruments in a room mm-hmm. um way of making music but then also patrick who is the their lead songwriter though not lead lyricist uh, but whatever um has been scoring movies and tv for the last few years so like that is brought into this too it's mm. just a huge it's it's truly a fantastic album and i wish that there were a way to make people listen to it without knowing who the band is. So everybody could eat just the most humble pie. Cause it is, mm-hmm. it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And I would be saying that even if I'd never heard this band before, and it was my first time encountering this album, it's truly so, fantastic. Andrea recommending indie darling. Fall Out Boy. <laughs> okay. Mark Marin. <laughs> so much for stardust. It's so good. Um, yeah, but I think people listening to our podcast think they're, and I mean this as a compliment, think they're too cool for Fallout Boy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're all rolling your eyes because I said it, but they fucking rule. They're so good. They're so good, and I love them. Sometimes things sometimes things that are popular are popular for a reason. Yeah. And honestly, Fall Out Boy is kind of popular despite itself, because they have made just, I love them so much, and I could talk about them forever, and um, if... If the best Fall Out Boy podcast hadn't already been started this year, there's little foreshadowing for what's coming up later. <laughs> um, I would still be threatening to start a Fall Out Boy podcast. Um, but they have just made the craziest choices. And I think because they have stayed in the public eye with, like, having a huge single every few years, people don't really know what else goes on with that band. But they just – they're just always having a good time, and I love them so much. And this album is – it's amazing. Um <sighs> This is a hard moment for me. This is the last album I'm going to recommend today. Ooh. My, so Fall Out Boy is my favorite band. Yeah. My other favorite band, the best band to have ever banded, broke up just last month. Oh, God. I wondered if we were going to talk about this. Well, we have to because they also put out the best, the other best album of 2023. And maybe, 
maybe going out with a bang i know and maybe their best album maybe everything they have done has been incredible but screaming females desire pathway um yeah i i true like i cannot i cannot um explain how important screaming females is to me and how much i have loved that band and um but their breakup was a heartbreak for me i Mm -hmm. and and it is um it would almost be better if this album if desire pathway weren't so good Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like it's truly it's an incredible album they're the best uh you asked like what warriors like where they land and um it's almost hard to say for screaming females because they've been doing their own thing forever they're i mean they're a punk band through and through but they're also just their own thing they're like a big punk kind of grungy uh huge they're they're just the best and um marissa who is their front their front woman is uh was their front woman whoa is a powerhouse and is like literally one of the guests one of the best guitar players of all time and the rest of the band is also incredible but marissa's like undeniably just one of the best like and her voice is so notable just like probably my favorite front person on the planet and i'm sure that she'll keep making music because she's done solo stuff that is also incredible um and uh just desire pathway is a it's a masterpiece beginning to end um yeah yeah i i I wondered if screaming females was going to come up because of that i saw that on instagram too that they broke up heartbreak um we i've been truly like not to get to whatever but i've like um been lucky enough to work with screamers in a very limited uh capacity we've shot and live streamed a couple of their shows yeah um and um i'm hoping that we'll be able to that left will be able to make those available um for folks to see if they didn't see the live stream because they're just the best i mean the best live band um and uh marissa did the lefto podcast right before desire pathway came out um so folks can check that out too um if they're a band you haven't checked out just do a deep dive and listen to every single thing they've done um including we talked about them on your episode of lefto because they have um an incredible marissa and it's i guess it's the whole band screaming females and garbage do a cover of um because, because of the night, the night. That is mm-hmm. yeah they also do a cover of shake it off that is just which is so good uh, it's unreal it's unreal um so yeah yeah scream else forever and yes that's... and i will not be recommending music because my spotify rap was embarrassing <laughs> nobody needs to know that i still listen to music from 20 years ago and have not this... learned anything new jody this podcast uh, our yellow jackets podcast where we deeply obsessed with where every movie we watch is 20 years old and yeah i don't think anybody's my music surprised taste is what you would expect <laughs> let's just leave it at that nothing wrong with that with, with a little uh pranty carlisle thrown in because uh-huh. i'm in my 40s nothing wrong with any of that um okay maybe we should go to comedy specials before we do podcasts mm-hmm. do you have so i have um a, a top three and then 
one that I I have to include, even though it's from last year. I don't care. And That's I don't so I don't need funny. to spend a lot of time talk, talking about these top three because none of these people need my help. I'll just name my my top three. And actually, I will probably also recommend one that I haven't seen yet. Um, <laughs> just, just well, you'll understand why. Um, okay, so the my top three that I've seen are Gary Goldman, Born on Third Base, Maria Bamford, Local Act, and Mark Marin from Bleak to Dark. None of these oh. people need my help. These are like yeah. <laughs> titans of comedy. But I will say, I'll just say a little bit about each of them. Gary Goldman... Did not expect a comedy special about income inequality from him. <laughs> That's so funny. It was excellent. I love him excellent. so much. I love him. I mean, The Great Depression was like one of those sort of masterpiece hours mm-hmm. where you like, you watch it, you know, you're watching something really special. Mm-hmm. I don't think this rises to that level, but I don't think it's one of those things where when you produce something, it's like a, the Nanette thing, right? You produce something so singular that coming... T- Following that up is always challenging. I've been thinking um, a lot about this in general, specifically because of Good One. Um, in their top countdown list, they talked about two different kinds of specials. The one that's like the thing that is like elevating or taking a comedian to the next level and doing something really special and singular like The Great Depression, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, there are also sometimes specials that are great, but it's like kind of checking in. Yeah, here's with, what I've been up to. Uh, yeah, and yeah. can also be really great, but maybe isn't going to be the thing that's totally going to win you over on a comedian if you don't already love them. Yeah, um, I could see that for this, for Born mm-hmm. on Third Base. That said, I think that... But if you're already, sorry, but if you're already somebody yeah. at the level of Gary Goldman, even his checking in is going to be... Exactly. And I think that what what worked for me about it was the fact that it's like this tall, sort of authoritative white man on stage that you don't expect to be talking about, like, welfare and food stamps and mm-hmm. growing up poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, just being hilariously funny about it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do recommend that one. I just watched it this past week, and I really liked it. Um, I also – Fantastic. <laughs> getting even more meta um, – the interview with Jeffy, Jesse David Fox on Good One about his book was done by Gary Goldman. Uh-huh. And it's a lovely interview between the two of them. Yeah, it's a great episode. They, That's a good one to start with if you haven't listened to Good One, I think. Yeah, they clearly Even though have, it flips the yeah, script. It flips the but... script, yeah. But they clearly have a lot of love and respect for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Marin, again, no one needs my help to recommend <laughs> Mark Marin generally if you're like a com- comedy person. I will say that... I go back and forth on him. Sometimes I find him too old school, aggressive white man. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, you know, he lost his partner, mm-hmm. um, Lynn Shelton, during the pandemic. And it it's like his usual gruffness mixed with some real new understanding of grief mm-hmm. and loss that he didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really beautiful. Honestly, like, I think it might be my favorite special of his. And I've watched all of them. Like, mm-hmm. I do respect him as a comedian, and I like the way that he tells stories. So this and the Maria Bamford special deal in very different ways with loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I think one of the reasons I'm excited to read the Jesse David Fox book is because one of the things he's talking about is the way that comedy is useful in those times, right? Mm -hmm. And so for comedians to be finding ways to talk about that on stage, I think it's really interesting Mm -hmm. to see how they do it and to see the different approaches. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I do really recommend that special. I think it's... It's a combination of commenting on our current, like, social situation and Mm -hmm. how, like, fucked up everything feels, but also then the personal experience of loss and how how he coped with that. Do you have one that you want to throw in that I haven't mentioned? It's... I'm going back and forth because so many of them are like you said, like it's like Berbiglia's special is unbelievable. His specials are always fantastic. He's maybe my favorite storyteller in general he you know uh, yeah he's so directly up my alley and i just the I, old man I in love... the pool is the new one yeah it's that and the yeah, new one the was new one. yeah was yeah. the old one the new one is the old one the new one is the old one the old man <laughs> in the pool is the new one and it is it's it's exquisite it's just yeah he's 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 just so thoughtful about what he does and there you know there's there are like a couple of really surprising elements in this he's just always and i know that he is a like he works so hard on his specials and he's just so thoughtful about every word and every action and there it's just uh, yeah i yeah. I, I, I will just, say so like like I said, the people that we're recommending are not under the radar. Yeah, that's people. what I mean. Like there are lots but, of big ones this year. But just like with the Mark Maron thing, like if somebody hasn't gotten around to the Berbiglia special, but like thinks, oh yeah, Mike Berbiglia, you know, he's great. Go watch it. Yeah, it's you know, it's lovely, and the stage design is really cool. Yeah, and I love so what he fun. did with it this time. Um, he really the last couple um, were really thoughtful and and mm-hmm. like very um restrained until specific moments exactly yeah that I, I really appreciated yeah that's a really good uh that's a good way to describe those specials and burbiglia's um approach i yeah. think to stand up in general yeah um also if you're listening to us and you haven't listened to so Geth special this year is a different one because it's um an it's an audible exclusive right and it doesn't have a visual component um so i think you it might not be on your radar for those two reasons but it's it's fantastic it's great yeah. i got to i was very very lucky to be on the road with geth a lot this year um over the last few like really two years as he was working this one out and yeah watching a father it. in the sun is, is what it's called right? yes thank you yeah. so much <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> it's called a father in the sun um and it is in part it is i it is in part about being a new father and it is also in part about having a father. And that's where I really clicked yeah. into it. Um, but it's also just about, you know, uh, or, uh, but, it, but it's also if those two things don't speak to you directly, it's also just, you know, uh, what I was going to say is like watching it come together this last year and like learning how thoughtful Geth is in his process about like, um, making sure that everything kind of like uh, serves the greater story. And mm-hmm. there are so many over the last two years, like jokes and bits and lines that got cut from it that really killed in the room and were really funny, but weren't building toward the the payoff of that special. Yeah. And so knowing that like just everything in it is 
is there for a reason was really cool to um to see and is also like a testament to just how well crafted it yeah. is um i saw it early on i think when he was in boston yeah um, you saw and i haven't yeah. revisited it to see what's changed but i that's a, a good lot. reminder yeah a i'm lot. assuming mm-hmm. that's a good um, reminder to go listen to it so so i would say again if if you haven't checked it out yet if you're spending a, a couple hours a week listening to us but you haven't yeah, listened to a father and the son yet go yeah. go listen to gets new special i will just briefly ha- highlight maria bamford i know i just said that when i was talking about oh Jessica sorry Fox, yeah but um local act is her latest comedy special and i just she's like one of the best to ever do it and she's like a certified genius at this mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. i cannot nobody needs you know me to tell them that maria bamford is great but like just know that her new special is just as good as the rest of them and 100% worth your time. It's She did just lose both of her parents, um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like it's about that necessarily. There's just jokes that mention that. Mm-hmm. There is there's a moment in it where she doesn't act out, where I literally snorted <laughs> in my apartment by myself. And anyone who's watched stand-up specials alone knows that like there's this stand-up special that you're like smiling and kind of like nodding along the whole time. And then there's this special where you, like, lose it out loud. Mm -hmm. It's a harder thing to laugh out loud by yourself. Oh, yeah. It takes a lot more. Mm -hmm. And she did an act out that I, like, audibly just snorted by myself. I love that. What a – no better um, testament to – Yeah. It was fantastic. She's also the best. Yeah. I love – I. it's on, I think it's on Apple TV or you have to buy it on, on iTunes. Mm-hmm. I rented it for like, I think like five bucks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely worth it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely worth it. Awesome. Comedy's so good. I'm so glad for comedy. I know. I know. I know. Oh, wait, can I see my one from last year? <laughs> really quick. <laughs> yeah. Was it I late last year? Beyond... I don't think so. Um <laughs> It's just the one that I keep wanting to rewatch. Okay. It came out 2022. I hope it came out in January. Um, I hope it's a full year. Two years away. I don't know when it co- I don't know when it came out. I definitely saw it a while ago. Um Okay, it came out in August. It's not okay. that bad. No. Um So just because it is an under the radar one. Uh-huh. Um, did you ever watch I know I, I mentioned it to you. Um, Shang Wang's Sweet and Juicy? No. Mm-mm. It's on Netflix. It there's a bit about warm paper that I still think about. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those ones that like I went into thinking, "Oh, it's going to be another one where I just kind of like smile and nod yeah. and like Jesse David Fox recommended it. It's probably decent." Yeah. And I he got me. A couple of times okay. with the out loud laughing. So warm paper. That. Okay. Yeah. It's on Netflix, Sweet and Juicy, Shang Wang. And then also one I haven't watched yet, but have on my list, um, unfortunately, The Late Kenny DeForest. Oh, um, I know. Yeah. Comedy lost a really, really good person um, a couple weeks ago. And he has a free YouTube special called Don't You Know mm-hmm. Who I Am? Um, that mm-hmm. came out in August that I plan on watching. Uh, 
from all reports, was a genuinely lovely person and died in an accident tragically. Um, yeah. Uh, I know we mentioned him every week, but Pete Holmes just re-aired his interview um, with him from, I think, 2022? Yeah, it was right? a really delightful interview. Um, it's a I re-listened. fantastic. Yeah, me too. It's great. Yeah. Really sad. Yep. Okay. We're going to have to control ourselves with this last category because this podcast has already gone long and we could be going another two hours to mm-hmm. talk about podcasts because, like I said, I listen to – I subscribe to probably 50 podcasts. I don't listen to every episode of every single one of those, but it's yep. a problem. I'm I only also gonna can't sit in silence. Yep. I'm yeah. only – I'm going to be so brave and so restrained and I'm only going to talk about three. Yeah. Yeah. Same. All right, let's go back and forth. You go first. Um, I'm going to just quickly, I foreshadowed it back when we were talking about music. There's a podcast that I've been shouting about from the rooftops. Um, it is called Sugar We're Going In. And <laughs> it is a Fall Out Boy podcast. Um, but it is specifically about, and this is what I mean about um, people not really un- knowing the lore of Fall Out Boy. Um, it is about Fall Out Boy's, like, um, involvement with and interest in and and overlap with um, hip hop in particular. Mm. Um, so they were on Island Def Jam at one point and like Jay-Z opens one of their albums and they've had uh, different like uh, Lil Wayne features on an album, Burna Boy features on an album. Uh, Pete Wentz is really and Patrick Sump are both really um, interested in um uh, rap and hip hop and have kind of like they were a band that really kind of styled their trajectory off of um like much more like a hip hop artist than mm. like a punk band and uh Scarlett Estelle who is the host is like um it it's it's a thing where it's like even again even if you don't care about Fallout Boy it is a podcast where someone who is really 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 knowledgeable about a subject matter and really um excited to share it with um her audience and it's just so cool to hear somebody talk about something they're excited about in that way um it's also really cool because it started as a really small thing and it's only it's not even a year old yet um but it has been gaining so much traction and so like watching it her like guests get yeah closer and closer to the band and like <laughs> more and more involved with the um the band's history is really, really cool. Um, and, uh, you can just tell she loves making that show so much and is so thoughtful about it. And I'm such a fan of Scarlett and her podcast. Um, I have been, I've been shouting it out everywhere that I can. So, um, so that's my first one. Sugar, we're going in. I really think give it a whirl. Even if you listen, go home or go home. I don't know where you are. <laughs> Go home. Go to your room. Listen to so much for Stardust and listen. You're to- grounded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You go to your room and listen to Fallout so Boy much podcast. for Stardust and then Sugar. We're going in. You'll have a yeah. great time. I promise. Oh God. Okay. Um. Let's see. I think. I think my first one is going to be sort of a niche. Well, you've been recommending Dungeons and Dragons thing. <laughs> Just I was going to say. So this is a, this is a niche thing, um, but I've been really enjoying lately the Handsome podcast. Oh yeah, um, 
we had, we talked about this offline at one point. It's like three of my favorite comedy people, Mae Martin, uh, Fortune Feimster, and Tig Notaro. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the three of them. The, the premise is kind of eh. It's like a celebrity asks them a question or asks them to talk about something. They talk about it. it. That's not the point of the podcast, really. It's just these three really funny people, like, hanging out. And they're developing sort of this, like, podcast lore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mae Martin, it turns out, is one of those people that just has lots of random facts in their brain. <laughs> and uh, so they just kind of, like, randomly pull things out. And now there's a May fact button that they push when <laughs> when May has a random fact about Rumpelstiltskin. If if you like comedy, especially queer comedy, I feel like these three are just a delight together. It's like a bit of fluff. It's not like anything um, that you'll necessarily be thinking about for a long time, mm-hmm. but it's fully enjoyable. They started posting the videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I recommend that as well, watching them, because the three of them together, the, the two episodes I've seen on YouTube, they're all wearing suits. Mm-hmm. And sitting around in Tig's uh, studio, I've been a, I've been a fan of Tig Notaro for a long time. I've seen I've seen oh, yeah, uh, of course her multiple times live, and the three mm-hmm. of them together are just really they're really fun. Yeah, so, I am. Um, that is my I, first recommendation. Yeah, I love all of um, the three of them so much. And I two things I will say are is that like. I sometimes have my nose in the air a little bit at this point where the podcast is just like, we got people that we already know because of the way the podcast industry is right now. We got people we already know Mm -hmm. have an audience. We put them together and we like, and that's just what the podcast is going to be. Like, it's a little bit of the, like, we came up with a really loose construct. It's like the smartless effect a little bit of like big networks will not launch a podcast if they can't already be sure there's an audience built in and that's really tough um yeah but the three of them are so wonderful and i love them all so much that i'm like but sometimes that's okay <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like yeah uh, the personalities of the three of them together are really um fun and silly like mm-hmm. fortune is is definitely on the goofier side of things mm-hmm. and it's there's like an age and tig, difference and... yeah and i mean tig um has been part of the podcast world like um uh don't ask Tig. That's yeah. what it's called, right? Yep. Um, so she's not new to podcasting by any stretch of this. So that makes me feel a little better about it, too. Yeah. I, I just think they're really fun together as a mm-hmm. group. Um, it's got a catchy theme song. <laughs> I do love a catchy theme song. Yeah. Yeah. So Handsome. That's my first recommendation. Cool. Also, it fits well because it's relatively new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's new this year, right? I think it's yeah, it's been around I think it's less than new, a year. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say like the last few months. Um, uh, back to D and D again. I listened to so many. I'm only gonna recommend one. It's Worlds Beyond Number, and it is also if you're involved in or aware of the D and D actual play podcast community, this is I might as well be recommending Mark Marin. Like it, <laughs> this is it's huge. Um, but but that is a pretty small world i think i would guess most of our listeners aren't involved and don't know what worlds beyond number is um worlds beyond number is uh it's an actual play podcast which means it is people sitting around you know um their microphones play technically playing DD, but what they're really doing is using the game mechanics to to put like uh parameters on and structure and shape the story they're building together um 
and it is Brennan Lee Mulligan is the GM. He's the the game master, and he is he's been running um, professional like D and D podcast games on for for years now. Um, he's also uh, like an improviser who came up through UCB. So he's and he's an incredible storyteller. Um, and then his the people at his table are um, Erica Ishii. They're a voice actor, and Lou Wilson, who is another UCB. Um, trained improviser and also has played D on a million other podcasts and abria Iyengar, who is also a really talented D player and storyteller and it's just like four people telling this really beautiful um the I, the like universe it's set in is like it uh it's like loosely inspired by and feels very much like you are in the middle of a miyazaki movie so it's just like really hmm. beautiful fantasy but not like lord of the rings fantasy like um there's a a little like kind of like cottage core sort of witch that's who erica ishii plays who has a talking fox as a familiar and lou wilson plays um ursulon who is a um an old friend they call them or an honored friend who is like a bear spirit who's trapped in our world and abria plays a just a like badass witch wizard um person who's like been who's like was raised at like the citadel which is this beautiful magic place where like um uh spells are made alive into people (laughs) and it's like um sometimes there are episodes where they just go around and like eat at restaurants (laughs) like it's it's so developed and big and the sound design that's why i'm recommending this show it is so i know i've talked longer than i have even about fallout boy the sound design on this podcast is gorgeous it's gorgeous <laughs> it has no reason to be as good as it is um it just sounds so freaking good to listen to um and that's worlds beyond number they have a patreon where you can listen to them play their characters as children that's kind of how they developed their characters um and then the free to listen on the free feed is them reconnecting as adults, but they already have this backstory. So it's already feels really lived in and um, it's really, really, hmm. really incredible. Worlds beyond number. I just talked so much. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. You you were enthusiastic. It's so good. We, we so support good. Uh, random niche interests here on this podcast. <laughs> what you got? I'm going to go kind of mainstream here um people are probably conan already o'brien aware of... needs a friend no no conan o'brien needs a friend <laughs> but um i'm gonna recommend a little grouping of podcasts within a podcast network i'm not gonna go into great detail about this but i have brought up the ringer podcast network a number oh, okay. of times mm-hmm. for people who like recap shows like ours who who yeah. are just interested in pop culture tv movies etc they just they do it really well they have a rotating cast of people. There's a couple that I recommend within their overall network. Um, like I said before, The Watch with Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald. Um, really specific kind of point of view, but their dynamic is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they're Philly guys. They talk about Philly a lot. I love that. Uh, which I thought you might like. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. That's a twice a week podcast. Um, and then the Prestige TV podcast typically covers uh, whatever current sort of prestige level tv is happening they had like they were on succession for a while they're doing fargo right now um but they also kind of just talk about other things and the people that they have are just really smart 
talking about these things. Um, during Yellow Jackets, I didn't listen because I didn't want it to influence my own <laughs> uh-huh. podcasting, but they were covering Yellow Jackets. Um, so, and then sort of related to that, one of the regular people that pops up here and there on the Prestige TV podcast, as well as some of their others, is Van Lathan. Um, he used to work at TMZ. Mm-hmm. He has a podcast called Higher Learning with Rachel Lindsay from The Bachelor World. Um, I just really, I think I told you to watch, listen to him, them talk about the bear. I think there was yeah, an episode that, was, that I sent you yep. that was... And I think we talked about it yeah. on, on The Watchers for some reason, but it was yeah, yeah, fantastic. Have, yeah. So Van Lathan, that was an episode he did with someone else from the Rigor Network. I cannot remember who. But I think what I'm kind of recommending is look at this like group of podcasts and if they're looking at something pop culturally that you're interested in, mm-hmm. check it out. And if they're not, maybe check out Higher Learning. Um, they talk about um, they talk about a lot of stuff. They talk about politics. They talk about um, what's in the news. They talk about hip hop. It's, it's, I just really like his take on stuff. He's extremely thoughtful in the way that he engages with both pop culture and current politics and things like that. I love that. Yeah. Big fan. That's many podcasts, so it's a little I know, bit of I know. I just cheating. stuck in like four podcasts in my one. <laughs> it's more, it's more, look at the Rigor Podcast Network. Yeah. Especially the pop culture stuff mm-hmm. and pick out what is covering what you're interested in. I love that. Yeah. Okay. I have one more. It is not new. It is sort of new to me. It's a podcast that I subscribed to forever ago as one of my like, oh, I'll check this out eventually, and then didn't, and now they have 150 episodes. Um, so it's called, and it's this is this is funny because it is sort of the thing I've been recommending all along, which is kind of a D and D podcast, sort of or an actual play podcast. I should say, not every actual play podcast is using the D and D game mechanics. Some use other games. Doesn't matter. Um, the one I'm going to recommend is called the film reroll and it is, um, it's, it's not a huge podcast though. I, I am kind of surprised. Um, and the reason I'm suggesting this one in particular here is, um, the premise for it is they take famous movies and use them as the universe and the game that they're playing. And so they're rerolling, uh, different movies. And I just listened to, um, they just for the holiday did uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Oh. And so they're all playing. Somebody's playing Woodstock and somebody's playing Snoopy. Um, That's so cute. It's so clever because like for that one, um, you know, how much of like Snoopy and Woodstock happens in their imagination, like the the Red Baron and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get like bonuses for to make things happen in real life in the game if they can imagine a version of it that's like to give them like special abilities or whatever. That's really specific for that. Um, But they've done, they just finished up a run on galaxy quest. They've done clue, uh, teenage mutant Ninja turtles Two. That was really fun. Hocus pocus, uh, mighty ducks, like last action hero movies that I bet a lot of our listeners love aliens. Um, They've done a bunch of the Halloween movies. Um, And then really like weirdly specific ones like memento, but then they've also done like, and then Ocean's Eleven, which makes so much sense to do like a heist-based one in a game like this. Um, yeah. Uh, but then also like Toy Story. 
and the princess bride and just like so many movies that i think our listeners probably already love practical magic i I could just read all of but then also like winnie the pooh (laughs) and the blustery day like and they're just a really fun group of people but i think that's like a nice in for if you've never listened to an actual play podcast um yeah the film re-roll is a good way in because it's all um the yeah topic or not topic what's the word i want the subject matter will be familiar to you the characters will already be familiar to right. you it's really fun that makes sense that's the film re-roll that makes sense all right i think i'm gonna do i was going back and forth between two i think i'm gonna recommend do you want to do you want to shout them both out no i'm okay. gonna control okay. myself because honestly these two are so what i did when i was kind of making this list was i looked through my list of podcasts and I was like, which ones am I the most excited when they come out? Mm-hmm. And that I automatically immediately listen to. Right. Right. Other than uh, ours. Of course. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, that's uh, true for me for Sugar We're Going In and World's Beyond Number right now. They're absolutely yeah. like, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. It's like, what are the ones that I'm always like, that's the first thing I'm going to turn on. Right. Um, and so those are the ones that I've mentioned so far. I think the... The one that I'm going to add to that list is um, I'm going to recommend um, Best Friends. Oh, I love Best Friends. Nicole Byer and Sashir Zameda. Yeah. Oh, that podcast is so great. It's a podcast about nothing. Like they theoretically give friendship advice mm-hmm. to people and they take friendship quizzes. But like it's really a weekly catch up between two actual best friends that are two of the funniest improvisers exactly, that you'll ever exactly. hear. And that's what it is. It's like they end up in the middle of these ridiculous bits somehow. They are they have a complete and total trust for each other in mm-hmm. terms of improvising. Mm-hmm. And it's just – and Nicole is – their their relationship is so sweet because Nicole is like – full ADHD all over the place, never knows what's happening half the time. And Sashir Zameda is like very grounded, very mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, woods hippie. Like they just, they're a great pair. It it really isn't about anything, but it's just a, a joy to listen to. Um, their advice is fine. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah, not it's about not the that. point. It's not the no. point. No, they it's not about that. Really, are such a joy to listen to. I think that that trust, like you said, is such a good um, way to put that. And it's also they're just two friends who are so in love with each other. It's like, yeah, it's so sweet, and you can yeah, just tell each they just person. Yeah, and they just like delight in in yeah. being in being together. It's so it's so nice. There was a there's one that's called. Uh, I think actually, if you're gonna. If you're going to pick one to start with, I might recommend Nicole reminds us that fish are friends, not food. <laughs> There's the, some of the best moments in this show are when Nicole says something that makes no fucking sense, but uh-huh. it came out of her ADHD brain. And then she spends like 10 minutes trying to figure out where it came from and crying because she's so embarrassed <laughs> that it's something she said. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, it's, so it's um they'll occasionally do something called besting each other where they'll have two other best friends on and they mm-hmm. will quiz each other on their friendship and decide whether they get to stay friends. Um, <laughs> so and actually the one that they got the least right about each other was Amber Ruffin and her sister. <laughs> That's really funny. I don't think I listened to that one. Yeah. So 
yeah, best friends. That's my that's my third recommendation. Anyone that that's... wants more podcast recommendations, just DM us on Instagram. We've got a lot more than <laughs> got that. So many. Nicole is the reason that I um, recognize that it might be worth uh, seeking out um, uh, my own possible ADHD diagnosis. <laughs> Listen to her talk about it on Why Won't You Date Me in the early, early yeah. days. Um, was uh, hearing was opening? Like, 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 very genuinely. She was yeah. like the first person I could think of who talked about her ADHD in a way that I felt was like, oh, that's what it feels like for me to be in the world. Um, yeah. In a way that ADHD isn't always talked about because she, she, huh, she's a, She's, I think we're literally, she's not sure how old she is, um, That's true. but uh, she is a 37 ish year old woman yeah. from New Jersey from New with Jersey. ADHD. Like, yeah. like, come on. Um, Mabel would. <laughs> we don't hold that against her. Yeah. But yeah, um, so I, I, think... I have her to thank for oh. kind of, weirdly kind of changing my life. That's incredible. I think before we end this segment, we should just quickly plug as we have in the past beautiful anonymous new jersey oh, is the world of course, of course. left of the dial <laughs> the, the extended family totally if you're not on that new jersey is the world just put out the most ridiculous christmas episode <laughs> that i fucking loved i mean the first like five minutes were geared towards like me specifically for you in particular yeah yeah but uh yeah absolute delight yeah we have a lot of fun over there we like not to get whatever, but we uh, we do make that show because we are having fun making it. Um, just a good thing. Yeah. Um, Beautiful Anonymous. If I can plug a little bit uh, more, have we just started a subscription service, which I know yes. every podcast is doing. I know, um, but Beautiful Anonymous has like if you haven't listened every week for an hour. Um, I, we open the phone lines, people call in anonymously. I spend a very short amount of time screening people. I'm mostly listening to make sure the audio quality is good and that the person isn't going to be too, like, this is a little uh, more behind the scenes maybe than I should provide. But I genuinely, the top two important things for me are that your audio quality is good Mm -hmm. so that our listeners can understand you and that you don't sound so nervous that I think you're going to like panic in the middle and hang up and freeze. Everybody's, everybody's nervous. So that's not like that. That's not going to stop me from putting somebody through. But once in a while you get somebody where I'm like, and and understandably it's a big, you know, um, but those are the two big things. Like people, I think, think they have to have a pitch that is really um, uh, like, either salacious or unique and that's just not yeah that's not my first or second thought at all um but and then you talk with geth anonymously for an hour and that's what it has been since 20 for the last seven years yeah um and now we've added a component where for like a few dollars a month it's really cheap i actually don't know off the top of my head i think it's i think it's five dollars a month um Unless you sign it for the year and then it's four dollars a month. That's right. Um, <laughs> and you get um, an extra usually ends up being like between 20 minutes and a half hour with the caller just answering random questions that we pulled from our Facebook group. Um, and no bullshit. Some of my favorite moments of the last few months of collecting these of these conversations are in those five questions. Um, yeah, it's so fun. The one this the one that's the one that just went up today. Geth and I both cried. 
um, in the uh, um, in the extra extra part. Uh, yeah. So it's thank yeah. you for <laughs> letting me shout that yeah, out. Yeah. No, it's... I've been. I mean, I've been a fan of Beautiful Anonymous since before I knew Chris and before any of the <laughs> me, New Jersey's the world too. stuff started. <laughs> like I listened to it right when it started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Same. It is. Yeah. It is. It's funny that uh, we both um, started as fans of that podcast, and now here, here yeah. we are. It really is like a really unique and special, um, yeah, thing that I'm kind of. Like, it is. Uh, it's incredible, and I'm not to get too sappy, but like I, I feel pretty honored that I get to help make it happen now because it's there's there's really nothing else like it. There are things that have tried to be like it, yeah, um, since, but yeah. it, it's not. It's just, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a really special thing. I still recommend it to people all the time. That's so nice. Me too. And I have to be like, I know I make it, but I would yeah. be, rec- I've, I've been recommending it forever before I had anything to do with it at all. So yeah, it's great. Well, well I was wow. worried we weren't going to have enough to talk about this week. Thank you to everyone who has stuck with us this year during the extended Yellow Jackets break. <laughs> um, we will be heading back into the woods pretty soon uh yeah. next week you've got some time to binge if you haven't watched season one and two yep yep and if you watched it a while ago and you want to revisit it get back on that pilot one of the best pilots honestly i mean that pilot is what hooked me in the first place it's so, so good it's so good i can't wait to yeah. talk about it because we all we we did our little recap did our, for season yeah. one but it yep. was not it was i not can't wait depth. please go if you have been listening to us for the movies and you weren't planning on watching yellow jackets please just go watch that pilot and see how you feel yeah and then you're gonna want to watch the rest of it because again this is not going to be spoiler free this is no us going in with the full knowledge of season one and two and revisiting um season one which i am so 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 excited to do also this is for my gore averse friends Mm. i am a gore averse person i do not like really gory horror things the first five minutes of this show Uh, will make you not want to watch it yeah persevere it is 100 percent worth it as someone who literally has fainted at the sight of blood Mm -hmm. it's worth it I will say for a show that, as people know, before even going into it, deals in some way, has at least has mentioned the word cannibalism from episode one. Yeah. There are certainly, and I'm not even talking about that, and and there's a moment also in the pilot that is, that has nothing to do with cannibalism and is maybe the, one of the goriest moments of it, but Mm. they seem to save it up. It's like. There are a few moments throughout the two seasons that, like, if you cover your eyes and watch through your fingers, you'll be okay. Yeah. And then the rest of it, it's, I don't know. I don't think it's that, yeah. it's that bad, it's right? It's not nonstop. It's not yeah, nonstop. No. There's, there's moments. There's certain episodes, certain parts of certain episodes where I have had a hard time, but I love the show. So I just literally, like, cover my eyes and mm-hmm. wait till it's over. Um, but, yeah, it's not the main focus of it. Mm-mm. It's not about the gore. It's about the people. And the gore is just like an occasional thing to that doesn't bother some people, does bother me, but I still watch anyway. Yeah. It's like how actual play podcasts aren't about the dice. <laughs> they're about the story. It's exactly like that. It's, it's exactly the same like thing. that. Yeah. Man, a Yellow Jackets D&D. actual play. Holy shh. 
that would be that's for the Patreon folks. When we get to a million <laughs> listeners, I'm going to reach out to the film reroll and we're going to do a crossover. There you go. Sounds good. So think about who you're going to play, um, Jody. Or I guess you could be an OC, an original character. You know. Yeah. You could just be Jody in the woods. We'll talk about that another time. We'll talk about that coach. next week. I'm going to be coach. <laughs> We have All had right. this conversation about which <laughs> well, ones we've we had are. who we are, yeah, who you are and who you play. Sometimes you want to that's true do something that's a little different from who you really are. That is very All true. Right. Well, we are we're pushing three hours now. We'll oh see, listeners, God. how much of this you guys hear. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank I'm gonna you go eat now. So much for listening. <laughs> we will see you in Wait, the woods. Where do they find us? Oh, um, at Watchers Pod and J on Instagram, Watchers Pod and J at Gmail. Um, if you have already watched Yellow Jackets and you're going to be watching along with us, um, email us, let us know what you're interested in talking about. I want to know yeah, what people are, have been obsessing over, check in with us. Um, and yeah, thank you all so much for hanging out this year. Jody. where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at Jody underscore Mim, J-O-D-I-E underscore M-I-M. I'm at AQ, Andrew AQ. Also, send us your container store purchases. Yes, please. And we will see you next week in Jersey. Bye-bye.